You're, You're listening, listening to, to Death, Death Metal, Metal Disco. Disco. Here we go. Why? Hello, friends and listeners and lovers, maybe. Um... Welcome back to Death Metal Disco. It has been uh, quite a few months, and I don't have a good excuse. I've been very busy. I've been very lazy, admittedly. And I'm trying to find... trying to do this without getting a whole shit ton of background noise. I, uh... Yeah, I've been messing around with this mixer thing that I got a while ago. And playing with different settings and everything. And turns out, I really need to be... Really, really, really close up on this microphone now in order to get the level to go in that I want to. And I don't know why. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I'm really sorry for uh, not putting out an episode in months. It's been literal months. I think June. Maybe it was July. June or July was the last episode. And I've just been... I've been pretty busy. Um, I have a little bit of a social life happening. It's weird. I mean, it's not really weird, but... I have a little bit of a social life, and uh, work has been busy, admittedly, like I said in previous episodes, when I apologize for other latenesses, latenesses, that's not a word, when I apologize for being late before, you know, work has been keeping me pretty occupied, but, uh, you know, couple that with uh, lack of motivation, I guess is a good way to put it, so needless to say, I'm feeling a little more rejuvenated, um, and I know I've said it before. I wanted to put out episodes more frequently, and I failed miserably, as you can tell. So, uh, here I am. So, in breaking news, right now I'm recording this. It's October 7th in the year of our Lord uh, 2022, if you will. I have planned out in front of me two episodes. I have this one that I'm recording, and then another one that I'll probably record either tonight or tomorrow, uh, depending on my mood, I do plan on recording. It won't come out until uh, the week after this next one, um, but it'll come out. I'll get it recorded and then put it up, scheduled, all that good shit, and it'll come out automatically, so I don't have to do anything. But I'll probably even get another episode recorded before uh, next weekend. And the reason for that being is that uh, next weekend is the Telluride Horror Show. My buddy Chris and I, we try to go every year for the last... I think this is our seventh year, sixth or seventh year. I'd have to go back and look. Um, counting 2020, which was virtual. Uh, but we went last year. It was me, him, and his brother. And this year, uh, his brother, for whatever fucking reason, his brother opted out, which is dumb. It makes me sad. Um, him and his brother have been my best friends for a long time, but, you know, he's opting out. So whatever. That's that's the way it goes. So it'll just be me and Chris. Uh the drive to Telluride from our house is about seven-ish hours, depending on how frequently and how long we stop. It's about six and a half, seven hours, uh, assuming traffic isn't terrible and stopping and all that good shit. It's 350-ish miles. It's, it's a very nice drive. I love it. Um, we are taking his truck, which is nice. I love driving my car, and I would love to take my car, but with the mountains and this time of year, um, Colorado institutes a, I don't even know what they call it, chain or traction law. And my car doesn't have four-wheel drive, and I don't put snow tires on it. So it really wouldn't, uh, 
you know, if I got stuck, if the snow came in and I got stuck, I could get fined, and the fine is pretty huge, so I don't fucking risk it, and we just take his truck, which does have four-wheel drive, and I like driving his truck in the event I get to drive, which I hope I do. So I'm going to keep this episode relatively short. Um, just talk about a couple of movies that I've seen in the last few months um, that I've wanted to talk about. I've talked about with some other people. Uh, those people being Chris um, and my friend Todd, who is also a horror movie buff. He's a film buff in general, but he does love some good horror movies. And we talked at length about a couple of these and he saw them. Um I don't even have the other one on my list that I want to talk about because I forgot to write it down. So, good times. Good job, James. Way to be prepared. Uh, before that, I do want to mention that Hellraiser, the Hellraiser 2022, which is not what it's called, um, Hellraiser reboot. It's just called Hellraiser, I think, uh, starring Jamie something other. I don't remember her name as Pinhead. Uh, comes out on Hellraiser, to, or on Hellraiser, on Hulu today, and... Uh, I'm hoping to watch it this weekend. I don't know if I will. Um, might try to watch it today. I thought about watching it first thing this morning, then decided I wasn't in the mood. But I'll try to watch it this weekend for sure. Um, I'm on vacation, so I, I have shit I need to do. I'm trying to declutter my house, but you know, we'll see if that actually happens. And then tell your rides next weekend, so that's cool. So the first one I want to talk about actually came out earlier this year, and it's from uh, Ty West, and it's X. And X was pretty awesome. I didn't see it until just a couple months ago. Um, was over at Chris's house. And we ended up watching it just kind of on a whim. Um, he'd seen it before. I hadn't seen it. I actually forgot about it entirely. Uh, X is is pretty awesome. It's kind of, kind of in the same vein or the same vibe as you might get from like a Tarantino movie about the West. But not really. So... Uh, I don't know even why I said that. It's not at all like a Tarantino vibe. Um, so it's basically about... It takes place in the 70s. And it's about a pornographic film company trying to make the next big... Trying to make the next big break film in porn. You know, like Debbie Does Dallas or whatever. Because um, back then in the 70s, porn went to film. You know, everything was done on film. And porn would actually have big theatrical releases, you know, for the porn industry, not, you know, as big as Hollywood. But they tried to make them, you know, they tried to make a big deal out of it. It wasn't what porn is today. You know, they, they actually had full film crews and they did it on film and they actually tried to some extent to tell a story uh, amongst the sex. So the idea of X is, sorry, adjusting my microphone. The idea of X is that this uh, troupe of pornographers, so it's got some of the actresses, it's got the actors, and the actual director-producer guy, uh, played by Luke Wilson, um, Owen Wilson's brother. Wow. Not Owen Wilson, who says wow, but his brother. Uh, you know, the godfather from old school. Uh, he's the producer, owner of the company, director, wrote the movie, whatever. They uh, rent a barn shed type of thing on a farmhouse in Texas. So it's got a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of scenic vibe. And it's literally them, you know, rolling into, you know, they, they leave the studio and they're going to go to this location and they're rolling in there in a van and it's got Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque uh, homage, if you will. 
um, just in the vibe itself. And there they they get into the business and they got a, you know, a cinematographer slash camera guy who's like he went to film school and he's just trying to do this to make it beautiful and hopefully get his name out there and get into the film industry, the, you know, mainstream film industry. And, you know, his girlfriend and then the actual actresses and actors of the movie itself. And then shit goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. By horribly, horribly, horribly wrong, I mean that the owner of the farm, uh, him and his wife, they're this older couple, um, they're they're special individuals and a little bit uh, a little bit on the crazy side, if you will. I'm not gonna give too many spoilers away, but let's just say they are not the nicest people. On the surface, they seem they are, but, you know, like every good horror movie, they're not. So with X, you know, it went as you want. Like, um, I can't remember the girl's name. I forgot to look it up, but uh, she was in Pitch Perfect. Real cute girl. You do get to see her boobs, so that was surprising. I was, uh, hey, girl, what's up? Uh, you know, boobs. Yay, boobies. Anyway, um, it was it was surprisingly good. It was well done. Uh, the violence was really good. Pretty surprising. There were some there were some laughable kills. Um it was the acting was actually pretty pretty good. I was not unimpressed. I like Ty West. He does some really good movies. I, I'm not I'm not blown away by his stuff all the time, but he does make some good stuff. Um I really do recommend X. If you like kind of those 70s vibe movies, um this is you know it's an independent film, so it doesn't have much of a huge budget or anything and doesn't really need it. Uh, the cast was good. Everybody was believable, but I recommend X. It's it's great. It's entertaining. I wouldn't call it required watching, but you know, if you're a horror buff, horror movie fan, uh, yeah, definitely worth it. Check it out. Check out anything Ty West does. Really, you're not going to be sad about it. So after X um, comes Pearl. Uh, Pearl is basically a prequel to X, and it's about it's basically a prequel um, that takes place. I want to say it was 1918. Um, and it's about the female, the old lady that owns the farm in X. It's about her character back when she was young. Um, so in X and you don't have to see X before you see Pearl to make sense of Pearl doesn't hurt anything. Um, but it's, it's a true prequel in the fact that you really don't need to know anything about the movie it's supposed to precede. So, uh, seeing Pearl before X isn't going to hurt anything, seeing Pearl after you see X. Not going to hurt anything either. The only thing that really ties them together is just that character. So Pearl's lead is uh, played by Mia Goth. I had never heard of Mia Goth until I saw X. Um, she, I don't know if she's new. I never, I think I looked her up on uh, IMDb and I don't remember other things she's been in um, and I didn't make notes of anything, but she actually plays two different characters. So in X, she plays the girlfriend of the cinematographer, film student guy. Um, and then in Pearl, she actually plays Pearl, the lead, the lead character. The thing, and you know, with independent movies and actors and actresses that you aren't super familiar with, some people have trouble buying into them just because they're unfamiliar with their work, but I really don't. Um, I might delay seeing something just because it doesn't have anybody that I recognize or, you know, give any good credit to a movie just because of that simple fact. But really, some factors come into play. So 
Um, I might watch a trailer before I see a movie, and if I like the premise of that, it really won't matter who's in the movie if I don't recognize any names or who makes the movie. Um, if I do recognize a name, whether it's a producer or a director or an actual actor or actress that's in the movie, that never hurts unless I hate that particular individual or the work they've done, like uh, Odd Thomas. I love the book Odd Thomas by Dean Koontz. Love that book. Absolutely love that book. Really was looking forward to the movie. Um, I like Anton Yelchin. I think he's a great actor. I was looking forward to him being in the movie and the chick that played Stormy, whose name I can't remember. I think she's pretty cute, and I think the other things I've seen her in, she could pull off that character. So I was kind of excited about it, and then I saw who was directing it, and the name escapes me now. Um, but he's also done things like The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, the original ones with Brendan Fraser, which were fun. But he's a CGI freak. Loves the CGI. Um, I, I'm not a fan of his works, for the most part. I did like the Mummy movies, but his other stuff, eh, you could take it or leave it. And even that movie, as much as it stayed true to the book, for the most part, uh, wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. And again, I loved Anton Yelchin, and I'm super sad he got crushed by his own car against the gate of his own house. So that's a bummer. Anyway, Mia Goth. Like I said, Mia Goth plays a character in X, who is this young, innocent girlfriend of the uh, cinematographer guy um, who is doing this porn shoot. And in Pearl, she plays the lead character, Pearl, who is the little old lady who owns the farmland in X. So the thing that weirded me out and was a huge stylistic choice about Pearl, uh, being that it's a prequel, it took place in 1918, um is the way it was filmed, it was filmed, like, not necessarily the way it was filmed, but the way it was set was supposed to be, or at least the way I perceived it to be, was very much like a movie that was actually made way back in the day, except full color. So think Wizard of Oz with the the accents that were kind of over the top and the melodrama that was over the top and the thematic music that was... So over the top in uh, range and ebb and flow and accentuation of themes throughout the scenes, which, you know, back then, you know, they didn't necessarily have a lot of dialogue going on through their movies. So the sounds, the soundtrack, you know, would have all this emo emotional emphasis behind it. And this was done the exact same way. Even even the, the introduction titles were done like one of the early, early, early film styles, you know, the big block lettering across the screen and the dramatic, I can't even compare it to anything right off the top of my head. It was, it was very, like, I keep thinking Wizard of Oz, obviously. Um, and there were some references that I still need to look up to see if that was actually an ode to the Wizard of Oz in some ways. Um, some character names that they mentioned, um, definitely the styles of dress that they mentioned, uh, well, the costuming choices that were made, I don't know if it was because of the time that they were going for to make it, you know, a period piece type of thing. Um, but it was it was just, you're going in knowing it's a horror movie, or at least that it's supposed to be because it's a sequel to a horror movie. But it doesn't at all feel like a horror movie. And with that in mind, it started off, um, to me, very slow, but it was building up to a whole bunch. So... It definitely had a build-up factor. It was not a slow burn, per se, um, but it did start off a little slow. 
but it was weird just the way it was done. Like I said, with the music and everything, it was something that you could probably even make like a theater play off of just the way it was done with all the music. It was, it was kind of surreal the, the way it was done. Like honestly can't describe it. The way I compare it to though, is like if you take, uh, if you take both movies and play them from Pearl and then through X, it's like uh, Wizard of Oz meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, throw in a little porn just because the premise of X with the porn, but Wizard of Oz meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre with some titties. And it was it was crazy. Like it was I liked it a lot. It was just it was a weird amalgamation when it finally turned to the horror side. Like you get, it started off more of a psychological thing and it still was, uh, but then it got brutal. Um, there was some decent violence, some crazy violence in there. Um, it was, it was just, it was a weird kind of trip. It was interesting. Anyway, Mia Goth. So, uh, never heard of her before X. Um, I haven't looked to see if she's done anything that's not related to it because X and Pearl, uh, there's another movie coming out. So there, there is a, another movie coming out, uh, Mia Goth's in it. I don't know for sure what her role is. It's a sequel to X. So Pearl's the prequel. X is the first, you know, the, the main one that kind of spawned the other two. And then I can't remember the name of the third one. Um, Mia Goth is in it, I believe. So I haven't looked to see what else she's done, but she, uh, in Pearl, her part was obviously much bigger in Pearl than it was in X. She had a pretty big part in X, but in Pearl, it was, you know, she's the lead. She was all over the place emotionally. Like, her character, a bit of a, bit of a, she had some problems. Um, but she has a monologue in Pearl that probably went for five minutes or so, maybe even a little bit longer. And not to throw out huge spoilers or anything, but she, and I don't know how many takes it took her to actually get through the whole thing. Um, but looking at it, it doesn't look like there were any cuts. Like, it doesn't look cut at all. Um, and the girl turned on tears and turned off tears at random. Not really random, but during the monologue, just it seemed almost like there was a switch. And it looked so flawless. And it didn't look CGI at all. It looked completely genuine and believable. Um, Mia Goth thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly fucking impressed me just with that monologue. Uh, I, yeah, she impressed the shit out of me with that monologue. So, um, it's not super brutal throughout the whole movie. Um, it's kind of, you kind of love her as a character while simultaneously really being afraid of her. So I recommend Pearl very much. And Pearl could stand stand well on its own without seeing X at all. Although seeing X and Pearl kind of makes sense. Same universe, basically. Again, Pearl's a prequel, but uh, yeah. Technically, you could see them independently of each other and be just fine. So, do it. So, real quick, I wanted to talk about uh, the movie Prey. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. Prey came out on Hulu as well, and that was another movie in the Predator universe. So it wasn't one of the Alien versus Predators or, you know, another sequel or anything like that. It was an actual prequel to Predator. So it takes place... Shit, I can't remember what year they put it in. 
but it was a long time ago. Um, a couple hundred years ago, I want to say it was like the 1800s, early 1800s in, I want to, I can't remember if it was Cherokee or Cheyenne nation. I want to say it was Cherokee. Um, so it was like, uh, the, the plains, the Eastern, Eastern plains of the U S and I know on Hulu, they actually had it dubbed in the native language as well, which was cool. I didn't watch it in that obviously, but they had it dubbed in Cherokee. I want to say it was Cherokee. I should probably look it up. All right. So my dumb ass, uh, looked it up. I apologize. It was done in Comanche. And after reading about it, I guess they, what, and I remember what, from when I watched it just, you know, a month ago or whenever I watched it, um, they started off in native Comanche language and then switched to English to make the, you know, the viewing of it easier on English speakers because we're fucking demanding. Um, which I thought was cool that they still offered it completely dubbed in, in, uh, Comanche and not Cherokee. Um, but that aspect and just the fact that they cast, you know, like legitimately indigenous actors and actresses to be in it, uh, was fucking awesome. Um, I really did like it and people gave a lot of praise to the dog that's in there. Um, the dog was cool. Like, I don't know why the dog got so much praise though. Other than being really well trained, like it, it did a good job as being a dog in a movie. Uh, the the fucking premise was pretty fucking awesome though, and the action. There was a shit ton of CG, mostly with the landscape. Although they did shoot it in Canada, um, northern northern Alberta, Canada. So the scenery up there, you know, a lot of mountains and stuff. Even though it's supposed to be on the great the Great Plains, sure did have a lot of mountain backdrop, which. Um, the plains do have rolling hills, but not necessarily mountain ranges as far as I understand. At least the plains that I've seen. Um, maybe they're not as great as the great plains that this allegedly took place in, even for a couple hundred years ago. Uh, but yeah, the Comanche aspect was pretty fucking cool. I thought about listening to it in the Comanche dub, or you know, watching it with the Comanche dubbing again. Um, just to do it, but I didn't. Uh, I did like... I did like the violence. It did have a lot of tension. The The one thing that really sucks is, and, you know, you can't readily have a bear. Um, it probably is, for safety reasons and for cost, a lot cheaper to have a CGI bear fight a person than it is to actually have a trained bear <laughs> try and fight a human being um, for the sake of filmmaking. There was an excess of CGI, which... I don't mind like modern movies now, especially you, th you think about Marvel and shit, how much of that is, is CGI damn near everything. If you look at the behind the scenes, it's like actors on some moving machinery shit covered in green screen and blue screen. And half the time their, their uniforms and shit are all CGI because they're wearing like a giant leotard with a bunch of, uh, motion caption or motion capture markers and shit all over it. And then they just, throw it all on the computer, animate the shit out of it, and boom, there's a uniform. So that aspect, you know, it is what it is. That's that's modern, big-budget filmmaking. And ultimately, that might even... I don't know if that's cheaper or more expensive than, you know, whipping up, whipping up actual costumes. But uh, I know if they need to change something, it's probably easier to do it on CGI than it is to whip up a new costume or a new backdrop. So... Maybe that's why they go CGI. And CGI looks pretty good. Pretty good. And I don't know how much of the backdrop that they had was CGI. Uh, I'm sure a lot of it was, or at least manipulated to some extent. But there was a lot of it. 
But really, I do recommend Prey. Has other than being you know part of Predator, it has nothing to do with the other Predator movies, other than the fact that it's a Predator. It's pretty fucking awesome. And the last movie I wanted to talk about before I wrap this up is Barbarian. Um, I had never heard of Barbarian until Chris texted me and asked me if I wanted to go see Barbarian. I didn't watch the trailer. I looked it up. Um, I think I looked it up while I was in the, in the seat at the theater just to see the plot line. I didn't watch the trailer. Um, and the plot line wasn't super descriptive other than a girl gets in late from her trip to uh, a rental property, like an Airbnb or whatever, and discovers that it has been uh, double booked with some stranger, and I guess her better judgment because it's raining and storming outside um, in Detroit, um, she decides to stay there, and then things go uh, what could best be described as terribly wrong, and uh, that's a not super descriptive plot line, but uh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. So I could tell you to watch the trailer for Barbarian. Um, and it'll give you a glimpse about what the movie is. The parts that are not in it are what make the movie what Todd, uh, who went and saw it, I think, last weekend. He said it is, quote unquote, now that's a horror movie. End quote. Um yeah, it's it's twisted, it's intense, it's got a little bit of everything, it's got some brutality, it's got some demented psychological shit going on in it, it's got, really it's got a little bit of everything, it's uh, I mean not a little bit of everything, it's like no vampires or werewolves or supernatural-ish type of things, um, it's very, very interesting, it's it, it also has some subtext, uh, subtext and subplots in it. Justin Long, who really I can't remember anything I've seen him in recently other than Tusk, the Kevin Smith movie that came out about this fucking dude who uh, turns the guy into a walrus. That movie was so stupid. Um, I haven't seen him in anything since then. Um my favorite thing Justin Long has ever done was his character in Zack and Mary Make a Porno. He was also awesome in Accepted. I just rewatched that a few months ago. Uh, shout out to Ryan Reynolds' wife, Blake Lively, who is beautiful. So, Blake, if you're listening, hey, just kidding. She's, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm dumb. Anyway, uh, Barbarian. Very, it's a pretty fucked up movie. It's it's weird on a number of levels, but it's kind of awesome. Like if you're if you're a horror movie person, you need to watch it. If you're not a horror movie person, don't don't watch it because <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you that you'll like it. Um, and if even if you are a horror movie person, it might be something that you don't like because I mean with horror it can go a bunch of different ways. But uh, there's some things in this, uh, yeah. It speaks to a little bit of the Me Too movement, not in a big way. There's just some underlying tones in there that uh, get tossed around a little bit. Um, yeah, but there's some shit. Like, if you watch the trailer, the stuff you don't see in the trailer is what's going to catch you by surprise in this, which is good because a lot of times trailers have a problem of spoiling a movie. You'll see everything in a trailer that really they should have left out so that you get surprised in the movie. That's why I don't watch trailers 
before I go to these film festivals with Chris. He does all the research. He he puts the schedule together. He does all that shit. He reads up about these. He subscribes to like Bloody Disgusting and Fangoria and all those things. I don't. I, you know, if he invites me over, I will watch a movie. Sometimes I'll know about him. Sometimes, most of the time, I don't. I won't have a clue. I might read a plot description, especially like for the film festivals. We'll get the program, and I may I may read some of the plot stuff in there, but I won't watch any of the trailers unless you know somebody tags me in something on Facebook and I check that out. For instance. Uh, I was just tagged on Facebook this morning or last night for the trailer for the new movie, uh, Violent Night, um, with what's his place? What's his place? What's his face from Stranger Things that plays the sheriff? Uh, Santa Claus movie. It's basically from the same uh, fake Santa Claus movie at the beginning of Scrooged, kind of that same present uh, premise, or uh, Fat Man, the Fat Man with uh, Mel Gibson that came out a couple years ago, which I still never seen. I need to watch that still. Um, it reminded me of that and I totally forgot that I haven't watched that. So anyway, uh, Barbarian fucked up. If you're a horror movie person or you at least don't mind watching some pretty demented stuff, it's not like super gory or anything, but it's pretty demented. Um, yeah, like it's demented. It's demented with heart. It's, it's got a way of making you feel bad about the bad things like, like, not bad, like, oh, that's horrible, but bad as, oh, my God. Why? Why? What happened? Come to Daddy. Let me hold you. Let me make it better for you. Oh, poor, poor baby. Yeah, it's fucked up. So, check it out if you want to. So, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this this uh, episode. I think right now I'm at 34 minutes with all my pauses and breaths and shit that I got to edit out. So, uh, thanks for checking me out. Thank you for your patience, words of encouragement and all that. Um, I really do appreciate you all for still listening. Um, I'm going to try and crank out an episode a week, um, through the, at least through the end of the year. Um, like I said, I'm off this week and through next week, I'm going to try and get a couple episodes recorded before we go to Telluride. So that'll, they'll come out for the next couple of weeks at least. And maybe I'll see if I can finally get somebody on. I know I say that every time. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, I did just do a voiceover friend. His name's James Cheatham. He actually is the guy who took the Twitter the Twitter handle I wanted, uh, the voice of James, which is what I wanted mine to be. Um, he was the one with it, and this is the voice of James. He's an audiobook narrator, uh, something I could never do. I don't like doing the super long form narration. And the guy, the guy cranks him out. The guy does good work, but he just started a podcast and a YouTube, I guess it's a podcast still, but it's, uh, he'll have it on YouTube as well. And it's called, you know what I love? And I was his first guest on his first episode and we talked about metal, which was awesome. Um, so it's on, it's on Spotify and Apple music or Apple podcasts and all that good stuff. Um, check it out. I don't know. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was just five questions and some little general discussion with elaboration on those questions. Um, and he's going to have a theme for each episode he does, but it's good. He's a good guy. Check out some of the books he's done. He's narrated. I mean, he, he's cranked out a lot of audiobooks, A lot, a lot. Um, yeah, but he's just a generally cool guy. And he's a metalhead, so obviously I have to support him. So anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you all are doing well. I love you. Thank you. Be safe and take care of yourselves. Thank, Thank you for listening to Death Metal Disco. Disco.